The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to the Valentine's View Podcast here on Big Review Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine, and we're coming to you on Friday, October 16, as the New York Giants get ready to face the Washington football team on Sunday in a Week 6 meeting at MetLife Stadium. The uh, Giants, of course, 0-5, still looking for that elusive first victory of 2020. Washington comes in 1-4, having beaten the Philadelphia Eagles in Week 1, but currently riding a four-game losing streak of their own. This is a meeting, of course, of the two teams that have basically been the bottom feeders in the uh, NFC East for the last several years. Now it's been sort of a... uh, a two-tiered division with Dallas and Philadelphia at the top, Giants and Washington at the bottom. And, uh, you know, sooner or later, if, if the Giants are going to, uh, to become a representative team, that has to change. But uh, right now we're focused on, on Sunday's game against the Washington football team. A little bit later on, we will be talking to Andrew York of SB Nation's Hogs Haven. As we, uh, as we talk about Washington and as we break down, you know, Sunday's game and learn a little bit more about Washington, you know, heading into, into that game. But, uh, right now, just a couple things I wanted to talk about. Something that Joe Judge was asked about a couple times this week was the idea of teams learning to win. He didn't exactly bristle at that idea, but he didn't necessarily give it credibility either. He said that for him, you know, learning to win is about learning to execute and learning to play, you know, from the first minute of a game through the 60th minute of a game. And, and, and I get that because, you know, learning to win the, uh, the Giants coulda, shoulda, woulda beaten the Dallas Cowboys, you know, last week, except for Basically, three mistakes that the Giants made. The sack fumble by Daniel Jones, which uh, there's a you know, several reasons for that play to occur. You can give some of the blame to Jones. Um, 
you know, which we've we've kind of looked at it. Big Blue View, you can give some of the, the blame to Jones, not only for fumbling the ball, but how he reacted in the pocket. You can give some of the blame to Andrew Thomas, who, of course, you know, was the blocker assigned to Demarcus Lawrence, who created the sack fumble. You also have to give some of the blame to Wayne Gallman because Gallman you know, missed a blitz, a, missed a blitzing defensive back, you know, which, you know, which eventually or which caused Daniel Jones to, to first start to move in the pocket and, and put himself into Marcus Lawrence's path. So lots of, of blame to go around on that play. Just an example of how a play, you know, in a first half, early in a game, you know, seemingly kind of innocuous play when it started, you know, can come back and, and, and cost you a football game. Then of course the, uh, the two penalties that erased Giants touchdowns. And you're talking about basically there, you're talking about what was roughly equivalent to a 15 to 18 point swing in that game, you know, based on the fact that I think the Giants ended up with Ended up with field goals on, uh, you know, out of those two, instead of those two touchdowns. So instead of, you know, so, so they lost, they lost six points, you know, or they lost eight points total there. But, you know, you cannot win football games when, when you make mistakes like that. I think that is what Joe Judge is talking about when he says you just have to learn to execute, you know, for, for 60 full minutes. And right now the Giants simply haven't been able to do that. You know, a lot of, uh, a lot of obviously, you know, fans are, are not happy. 0-5, not what anyone wanted. I still happen to believe that Joe Judge is the right head coach. I happen to believe that he's correct when he says that there are improvements being made, that the Giants are getting better. You know, the, the problem is, or the question is, how much better can they get? Do they have enough talent, you know, moving forward to, to get much better than they are at this point in time? Um, you know, and, and that remains to be seen. I think the, you know, the, the season for me is still about the development of Daniel Jones and the ultimate decision, you know, at the end of the year as to whether or not he's the guy they're going to go forward with. Or are they going to try to dip into this quarterback market in the upcoming draft, especially if they, if they have an opportunity to draft Trevor Lawrence? And for me, that, uh, for me, that is still undecided. Uh, you know, I, I know that, that Giants fans at Big Blue View, you know, many of them have already made up their mind about Daniel Jones, about Dave Gettleman. But for me, I still want to see how the remainder of this year pans out and see how we feel or how, you know, how the Giants feel about this situation when the year ends. I don't think we can make a definitive judgment here after week five. And, and I'll continue to say that for a while yet. A couple of interesting things coming up uh, with the Giants. The trade deadline comes up November 3rd. We'll have to see if the Giants are able to uh, to move any of their any of their veteran players to to add some draft capital. We'll go into that in more depth, uh, you know, maybe after the Week Six game against Washington, as it gets a little bit closer. We'll go into uh, 
possible trade scenarios um, a little bit more in depth as we get closer to the end of the season. We'll talk more about Dave Gettleman and, and his future and whether he deserves to stay or not and argue the, the pros and cons of, of the many controversial moves that, that he's made. Um, and, you know, we'll talk a lot about, uh, a lot about the, the future of the Giants. And one of the, uh, so let, let's do this. Let's do this right now, Giants fans. Let's take a, a short break for a word from our SB Nation sponsors. When I come back, I'll play the interview that I did for you with uh, with Andrew York of Hogshaven. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better that's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, Giants fans, I'm joined now by Andrew York of SB Nation's Washington football team site, Hogs Haven. Andrew, thank you very, very much for uh, for coming on the show. How you doing? Doing pretty well. How about you, Ed? I'm good. I'm good. So let's uh so let's talk about this this game on Sunday coming up between these two absolutely wonderful, you know, pillars of the NFL in the the Washington football team and, and the New York Giants. Yeah, the only um, teams people are talking about right now, really. Just just you and me. That's it. <laughs> oh, good we're powerhouses. Yeah, there you go. All right. So, out of out of curiosity, let, let me start with this. You know, you guys have a new head coach. Uh, there's been a lot of of dysfunction. You know, with, with Washington over the years, a good friend of mine, Rick Snyder has covered the, uh, has covered sports in the DC area for, for a few decades now. And, and Rick and I have talked about this. It just seems like as long as either one of us can remember, it's been dysfunction with that organization. With the hiring of Ron Rivera and, and with, with, 
I know they're one in four, but with the hiring of Rivera and, and some of the changes going on there, does it finally feel like you guys are coming out from the other side of all of that dysfunction and, and, and at least, you know, a competent organization now that's going in the right direction? It's a step up from where we were uh, last year, I would say. Uh, it feels better. And it feels like moving in the right direction, but it feels like we're certainly not there. And as long as Dan Snyder is the owner, we're never going to feel like we're entirely out of the woods, I think, unless we have several years of sustained success under a single head coach and a single general manager. Um, and I think, I think Ron Rivera was very much the right kind of person to bring in in terms of he's known as a, a uh, a very respectable person, uh, a person who brings good culture uh, to whatever organization. Um, so, th- and that's exactly like what we needed, um, especially with Bruce Allen and the Bruce Allen years. Um, but it's it's always going to be an uphill battle, and we've already seen through the number of uh, stories that have broken over the off season, you know, about uh, things going on in the Washington football team uh, before Ron got there. Uh, as well as, you know, the quarterback controversy now and several other things that Ron is inheriting a big mess. Uh, and it's not something that he's going to be able to turn around in a single year. So one of the parts of that big mess is the quarterback situation. And I had asked you this in the, in the five questions uh, that we traded, you know, for our websites this week, but let's talk about that now. Um, I know that you had said to me that, that it was a little surprising that, that they, that Washington sort of pulled the rug out from under Dwayne Haskins this, this quickly. Um, is he, are you surprised? I mean, they've basically buried him now and they're talking about, you know, they're talking about trading him. Are, are, are you surprised that Ron Rivera has, you know, jumped off the Haskins bandwagon that quickly? I'm surprised based on just what we saw on the field, because on the field, although he was not uh, playing as well as we would have liked, he was not playing like a good quarterback. He wasn't playing so terribly that uh, we expected him to get benched. Uh, it sounds like, though, there are off-field concerns, uh, and those might be more behind his benching. Uh, there are reports about him having poor work ethic ever since he was handed the starting job this uh, this offseason. Uh, and reports about a poor attitude uh, as well to, uh, with the coaches. And I can understand if that is the case, and again, this is not something that fans necessarily know, this is just something that we've seen reported. Uh, I can understand if that is the case that uh, he, sh- he should be benched, and I-, I wouldn't say Ron should move completely away from him yet, uh, but that at least there, there should be repercussions for um, acting like, uh, you know, in a way that that Ron is not trying to to get his players to act now that he's building a culture, you know, in his first year as head coach. So if those reports are accurate about attitude and work ethic, then I think it is justified. And um, and I think I think this is not just uh, something that Ron's doing uh, for Dwayne or just thinking about the quarterback position. It's something he's doing thinking about the team as a whole and the culture that he wants to instill and, and how he wants his practices to be run, that he wants them to be intense. Before we move off the Haskins topic, just, I want your reaction to this. I have always felt like the Haskins 
in Washington was always doomed to fail for the simple reason starting out, I don't think Jay Gruden, who was the coach at the time, wanted Dwayne Haskins to begin with. I think that was an Alec, that was a, a Dan Snyder move. That was something he wanted because, you know, Haskins is, is pretty much a, a local product and all of that. And obviously this, you know, Ron Rivera didn't draft Haskins. So I just look at Dwayne Haskins and I think it, it's not Josh Rosen. But this this was just never going to work for him in Washington. Just your thought on that. I think – so first of all, I, yeah, I mean I think it's not even um, – you don't even have to speculate, right? It was actually reported around the time of the draft that uh, that it was Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen who wanted Haskins and that the scouting department and Jay Gruden did not want Haskins. Uh, it was reported that Jay, Jay Gruden uh, might have been more interested in a different quarterback – uh, and that the scouting uh, department wanted an edge rusher, um, so which they eventually get with Montez, Montez Sweat. But um, but anyway, uh, so I, I think it's it's reasonably certain that Haskins was very much a Dan Snyder, Bruce Allen pick, um, and I agree that that is you know historically a death knell for a quarterback that comes to Washington, especially if the coach doesn't you know agree with it. But I think I do think that Ron came uh, to this organization. He didn't have to sign here as a head coach. I think that he came here with the the clear shot of giving Haskins the chance to be the starting quarterback. He, he did name him the starting quarterback initially, and I think I think Ron thought that there was potential there to be developed. Otherwise, he might not have wanted to take the job because you know if, if you're going to an organization uh, where you don't even have three and thirteen last year and you don't have your your starting quarterback and he didn't sign another quarterback at least like a, a Cam Newton or someone like that in the off season. I think Ron uh, intended to give him a shot and thought that Haskins could be the guy because I think the the potential is there, the athletic potential, the arm talent, uh, things like that. The but you know if it's the intangibles, that's something that's very difficult for Ron to assess until he's actually in the building with him. And if it's the intangibles that are are sabotaging it, then yes, I mean I think we've we've seen plenty of very talented players go to the NFL, and because they don't have work ethic or intangibles or something like that. Uh, they don't develop and they, they don't, you know, become great NFL players because it takes a lot more than just talent to succeed in the NFL. So just before we move completely off quarterback, I just have to ask you, how cool was it to see Alex Smith actually play in an NFL game the other day? It, it was great. Um, and I think, uh, a lot of fans are very happy and not even just Washington fans, but people around the NFL, anyone who follows football, I think is, is very, uh, you know, uplifted by the Alex Smith story to come back from as much as he's come back from. Like, he really shows, uh, all-star work ethic, dedication, all that stuff. And it's just great to see that he, he, he did what everyone thought that was just not going to be possible. He, he came back and he actually played football. Um, so that, that was great. Uh, it was unfortunate conditions for him to have to start because, uh, the offensive line did a great job of protecting him and, it was a you know a messy uh, nightmare on the field, but uh, with all the rain. But uh, but you know he stood he stood tall in the pocket. He looked he looked reasonably fearless. That was also the thing. You know the offensive line, like I said, wasn't really protecting him, but he didn't. You know he wasn't just uh, throwing it away immediately. He wasn't just going down. Like he he was he was really playing, and it, I think that just shows you know how much character he has. 
All right, I have two more questions for you. I have to ask you about a former giant, about a guy that that I haven't really thought much about lately. But I have to ask you about Landon Collins, about how he's playing, how he's fitting in Washington. Um, and I'll be honest, I thought when Washington signed him, I thought he was a good player that would help the Giants. But I thought that it was an absolutely massive overpay, overspend by Washington. And I I was like, fine, if somebody wants to pay him that kind of money, they can go right ahead because he's not worth it. And just just your thoughts on Collins, you know, in his in his second year in Washington now. So I think uh honestly if you asked a lot of um Washington fans right now, they would probably agree with you. Um, I think, uh, he, he has played like a slightly above average, uh, strong safety. Um, the, the problem in my opinion is he's, he's better at stopping the run than, um, than he is in coverage. And I think a lot of that is that he's playing a bit heavy, uh, not fat, but just he's, he's got too much muscle. He looks like a linebacker, quite honestly, and I I kind of think they should consider switching him to linebacker. Um, he just doesn't have the agility to match up with tight ends in coverage, in my opinion, and that in man coverage, and uh, and that's I think uh, behind some of the the problems that we've had guarding tight ends um, in some of these games this year. Uh, and then in addition to that, like you said, his salary, the, the amount that he's being paid, unfortunately, this is, this was somewhat of a, uh, Bruce Allen type, uh, deal, like similar to the Josh Norman contract where they, they go out and they get, you know, the, the flashiest player that they can get at a position without necessarily, I think, evaluating how they've played recently as well and thinking about how they fit in the scheme. Uh, and then, you know, just like Josh Norman got signed to that huge contract, and I think he was a, a good corner while he was here, but he wasn't a great corner and he wasn't an elite corner, and that's what he was paid to be. Uh, I think we're already somewhat seeing the same thing with uh, with Landon Collins. Good luck, by the way, with the idea of, of getting Landon Collins to sign off on being a linebacker. I think the... <laughs> uh, I think the Giants would really have loved to have done that with him uh, when he was here, but he wanted nothing to do with it. He he pictures himself or fancies himself as as another Sean Taylor and 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 playing playing linebacker, you know, plain and simple is is just not on his agenda, although although his skill set pretty much screams, you know, at that that he could be you know, either in it, whether you want to put him on the edge or, or make him, you know, one of those inside sort of, you know, off the ball linebacker right. types. His, his skill set screams sort of inside linebacker. Mm, I agree. And the alternative though is if he dropped weight. My understanding is in the 2016 season that he played with the Giants where he was, uh, named an all pro, uh, that he actually dropped weight for that season and he was playing lighter and that is what enabled him to have that extra speed and agility that he needed to, to play safety. I think he, he needs to do something like that if he wants to stay at safety. He's, he's just too big, too muscular, uh, it, and, and too top heavy right now. And, and finally, Andrew, finally, your, your thoughts on Sunday, your thoughts on how you see, uh, on how you see Sunday's game playing out. Well, <laughs> 
It's hard to say because uh, our expectations of how these games will play out uh, the last few weeks have not gone according to plan. Like, quite honestly, um, I think the the Washington football team has not played the level of intensity uh, and and coordination that we would expect to see in a, a team this this far into the season. And when I wa- I did watch the the Giants play the Rams. Um, I thought the the Giants players looked like they had more intensity in that game, uh, particularly the defense, uh, than I saw with Washington last week. So if Washington comes out and sort of plays flat like that, like they did against the Rams, like Washington played against the Rams, and and just doesn't play with as much intensity, doesn't play with as much, um, you know, in a way that shows good coaching, then I, I think we're going to lose pretty badly. Um, but... Uh, on the other hand, if we play a bit more like we did week one against the Eagles, where there was more intensity, there was, you know, it was the first week of the season, there was a shortened off season, so there wasn't as much, you know, there, there were a lot of mistakes, but there was a lot more intensity in that game. Um, if we play like that, uh, and if the, the red, the, uh, Washington's, uh, pass rushers, you know, Chase Young, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, Montez Sweat, if they're able to, to get a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones and force turnovers, uh, um, if the secondary can play uh, without making so many mistakes, especially in the middle of the field in coverage uh, with the linebackers and the safeties, um, and if if uh, Kyle Allen, the the, the quarterback who's going to be starting for Washington this Sunday, if he can play like his better games, he's been very up and down as a quarterback uh, and streaky as a quarterback. But if he can play like his better games, then I think I think Washington uh, will do a good job and should win the game. Uh, so I think it sort of comes down to those factors. And I thought we were going to get all the way through this show without mentioning Chase Young, since since I think Giants fans are still mad that they weren't bad enough last year to draft Chase Young. <laughs> all it, right, it was hey. it was very strange at the end of the year when the when the Redskins at the time were were facing the Giants. Uh, there was a lot of conflicting opinions because a lot of people, on the one hand, you know, we always want to win. On the other hand, we knew that if we lost, that really increased our chances of getting Chase Young. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> since, out that since, was the case. since Chase Young is playing well and Andrew Thomas has not played well so far, I think that uh, Giants Giants fans are are a little bit raw maybe about about that particular situation and and if chase young goes and makes andrew thomas look silly on sunday then you know my website is just gonna look awful on monday (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right hey andrew thank you very very much for spending some time with me folks be sure to check out hogs haven if you're looking for info on the Washington football team, you know, during the uh, during the week leading up to uh, to Sunday's game. So, uh, Andrew, again, thank you very very much for stopping by. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right, Giants fans, that's our show for today. Thank you as always for listening. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.